0: You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania.
1: Hey, it's Grace. Hi,
0: it's Shannon. And today's case is the case of William Muir. Um, He was from Hopewell Township in Pennsylvania, which is uh, closer to the Pittsburgh area. On August 28th, 1981, a woman alerted police of a man slumped over the steering wheel of his car on Sawn Road in Hopewell Township. By the time police officers got there, they found that the 39-year-old William Boer was dead from a shotgun wounds to his chest. So Sawn Road is like a desolate stretch of road that connected Hopewell to Aliquippa, which is in Beaver County outside of Pittsburgh. The detective and police officers on the scene were Detective Bob Grimm and officers Nicholas Bernardi and Andrew Zadlack. And I'm not sure of the spelling of that. So gotcha. um, But that's how you say it. They arrived at the scene and um, noted that the windows were down and initially assumed it to be a suicide. Um, the car was a stick shift or a five-speed manual for, you know, those who are not aware of what a stick shift is. Um, it was still in gear and there was no emergency brake engaged. So when his when Boer's foot came off the clutch, the car stalled out. So it was just kind of sitting there in gear, but not moving. Uh, they didn't find any witnesses or any evidence at the time. No, There was no gun recovered from the scene, so that eliminated suicide as the matter of death. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So the more they investigated William Boer, the more they found that he was living a complicated life, maybe like a double life, um, per se. He was a teacher at Hopewell High School and a an U.S. Army reservist. He was married to his wife, Mary. But they were separated at the time, although he had been making promises to her that he would be coming home for a reconciliation and be coming home for good by the 4th. So I don't know what that means by the 4th, that that was August 4th, September 4th. Um, there wasn't really any context around that that specific date. Uh, at the same time, he's making these promises to Mary to come home. He was also engaged to a woman named Beverly Dice, who lived in the Uniontown area, and he was making promises with her about their future. Uh oh! So he's kind of <laughs> is kind of playing, you know, both sides here. So not really sure what his end game was.
1: That never ends well.
0: No, <laughs> definitely not. So fellas, don't don't do that.
1: Investigators
0: began interviewing the people that knew him and were given conflicting information. Some described him as happy and friendly, and others considered him like introverted and standoffish. And he, they also found that he had given conflicting reports of his health, some claiming he was in good health, but he told others that he had a serious life threatening heart condition, including um, Beverly. He told Beverly this as well. Um, The heart was so damaged by the gunshot wound, there was no way to confirm this. But his most recent Army physical did not indicate the presence of any heart issues.
1: That's interesting. I was about to be like, I could see you presenting yourself differently to different people and maybe not sharing your health concerns with a whole lot of people. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. But now that you're saying there was no sign of a heart condition... That's interesting.
0: Yeah. What's the, you know, what's the purpose of that?
1: Yeah. You know, is it just another lie in his, this web that yes. he's leaving? Yes.
0: This stangle, tangled, this tangled web. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know, again, what the end game with that would be. Because, you know, if you have a serious life threatening heart condition, you know, people are going to be kind of watching you, like, you know, especially a fiance kind of watching you to make sure you're, you know, you're doing what you should be doing that, you you know, you're not presenting any issues, you know, that you need to be taken to the hospital for anything like that. So I, I I don't know, maybe it was um, to garner sympathy or to set up uh, the forthcoming events that we're going to talk about. Could be. Um, Detective Kim Clements stated that he was like a different person to Everybody like a chameleon almost. That's a quote from her. Hmm, suspicious. Yeah, it's even more wonky right now. So police learned that he took out substantial life insurance policies, benefiting not only his wife, but Beverly as well. She had told people that he seemed uneasy before his death, but didn't know why. And he did write her a letter regarding the life insurance and a portion of it read, quote, I've made some arrangements for you to receive approximately one hundred thousand dollars upon my death. I don't plan on dying soon, but I want you protected just in case. End quote.
1: Ew. And that was so, to his wife or his fiance? That was to the fiance. Okay.
0: That note. So, you know, obviously, it didn't seem like there was any type of proceedings for divorce from Mary. So clearly she'd have been beneficiary, automatically as spouse. So he was setting Beverly up, you know, I guess trying to not be suspicious about it, but it's suspicious anyway. Yeah, a little bit. So, um, and as we get further into it, um, into the investigation, police said that there were witnesses that came to them and said that Boer had tried, had hired men previously to kill him. But the the people in question um, were given lie detector tests and eliminated as suspects based on their results. So, whatever he may have been trying to do didn't seem to come to any type of fruition. Anything else after that? but didn't seem to become, you know, anything viable. Like there's just not really much else to go on. The policies that were taken out, the life insurance policy policies that were taken out, um, because the policies had been taken out less than a year before his death, the insurance investigators launched their inquiry into the case, but ultimately neither the police nor the insurance investigators were able to determine a viable suspect and progress the investigation. But there are new investigators uh, working on the case. District Attorney Anthony Barras encourages anyone with knowledge to come forward uh, without the threat of facing any charges because they just want to kind of close this out since it's, you know, 40, 42 years old now. Wow. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's strange that it just hit a dead end so, so quickly. Hopewell Police Chief Brian Ermacher said that when a cold case investigation is done, this is a direct quote, uh, it may be the fresh set of eyes that are looking at the case. It, It may be changes in technologies. Perhaps a witness will come forward that hadn't previously. We hope that it would bring some resolution to the case, end quote. And there's a note about uh, Ermacher, he prefers to use the word resolution instead of closure because of how homicide cases impact the victim's loved ones. And I thought that was a really uh, profound statement. Yeah, that seems
1: more accurate.
0: Yes, the closure just kind of sounds like you are, you know, putting it, you know, putting it aside indefinitely and, you know, moving on. But resolution, it's just kind of like, it's, this assault. Sure, we've got you know, we've got this all figured out, and now you can obtain, I guess, closure. He also said, "quote I find closure to be a difficult word myself. I think their lives are changed forever, no matter the outcome of the investigation. However, you'd like to see the investigation come to some positive resolution." End quote.
1: That makes sense. I mean, I think you hear a lot of victims' families in a lot of situations kind of reject the idea of closure, especially for, you know, close family members. It's just going to be with you forever, whether it's solved or not. And of course you'd rather it be solved, but it's just like a whole.
0: Yeah. When I think of closure, I think of like maybe the end of a relationship, like a romantic relationship or, you know, something where you actually get to, you know, to, to have your say and to, you know, to, Maybe talk it out and come to a mutual agreement, Mm -hmm. or you know, a mutual resolution, so to speak. But this, yeah, this closure. Just the more I think about it, based on his his statement, that it does resolution does sound a lot more accurate and a lot, no, a lot nicer. I think, yeah, like for the for the victims' families. Mm
1: -hmm. Sure, Dad. Did you find anything about like any kind of evidence that was found at the scene, like shell casing, he was shot, right?
0: Yep. But there was the no gun recovered w- okay. with a shotgun. Right. Right. Yep. Nothing. There was nothing there. So, which, which is why they, I guess, assumed it was suicide in the first place. Cause you know, it was just on this isolated stretch of road. You know, they just found nothing, you know, nothing. And then, um, because of that they were like wait this is this, not this, suicide there's no gun here you know especially you know a, a shotgun blast to the chest that had to leave a hideous amount of damage yeah so there's
1: no way you're <laughs> disposing of
0: your own shotgun
1: at that point point. and i'm guessing it had to be at pretty close range what did someone i would think so i guess they didn't mention whether someone like shot through the windshield or anything like that did they what the way no. I think about it is that someone stuck their arm in the open window and shot him that way, yep. and then that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: So I I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. It's so it's such a such a unique case.
1: Yeah, it Especially, stinks when you, you can't know. find a lot of that information. Whether they were keeping it close to the chest or sometimes right. they just. It's just such a small case, small town case, just not a lot of evidence is released or information in general. But yeah, I'd be interested to know some of that info, but hopefully, yeah, with updates and technology, they'll be able to do something. I mean, they've been working miracles lately, so we can only hope. Yes, for sure. So anyone with information
0: about the death of William Boers should contact the Beaver County District Attorney's Office, 724-773-8550, or Crime Solvers at 724-774-2000, and as uh, 2017, they had a $2,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. I couldn't find anything if that was still in play or if that's been um, increased at all since then. But it was really funny because a lot of this information, there's a, there's Cold Case Beaver County on YouTube for this case. And there was a comment on there. And, you know, people are just, you know, some people are just, you know, such, you know, big shots behind a keyboard.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. There there was two comments
0: on there. One was just like, I think, stating, you know, is there any more information on that, on this? And then somebody else um, commented, quote, he was stalked by someone who was envious of him. The person is a hunter, member of a local gun club. He stalled after that, end quote. And I'm just like,
1: Hmm. like
0: what
1: <laughs> i'm gonna need you to back that up a
0: little buddy i know i know right and like after that there's like nothing and i'm just like is this just somebody throwing out some weird you know red herring out here right or yeah like... who
1: knows i mean hopefully if they really do have information they went to the police with it Right, right. But if and, not, then it's not helpful just to be on some yeah. sort of thread out there on the internet.
0: And just, yeah. And, and what's funny is like, you know, the man did not live an, you know, an extraordinary life. Like, you know, I'm sure his, you know, i sure his life was great, but you know, he was a school teacher. He was an army reservist, you know, you know, he was just a regular guy. Sure. Didn't seem to have any riches or anything. Like, so it, I would want to know what were they envious about? Like you're, that you're putting that out there. Was it Beth? Right. It one, of, like, one of the women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, envious just doesn't hit the same way as je- the word jealousy does. I think So yeah. that's where I'm kind of like, you know, they were envious. They like, they, they've, admired him they were like wanted the kind of life he had for whatever reason or another whereas like I feel like if it was jealousy that's a whole different like kind of context Mm -hmm. you know that's that's one of those like I can be envious that somebody has a nicer car than me I could be jealous over somebody that's you know like somebody that you know maybe had a a, something more intimate to do with my life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody that, you know, like if somebody, like if my husband cheated on somebody, like, you know, or cheated on me with somebody. Right. Like that's, that's jealousy. Jealousy is a little bit more, um, I think of an intimate feeling. Yeah. I see what you mean. Envy is. Does that make sense? I'm just kind of rambling. Yeah. No,
1: I know what you're (laughs) saying. Yeah. And I mean, maybe there's just much more to this guy's story. Then we know. I, I feel like that happens more often than not. So, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, this we already know. Yeah. Hopefully, this will get some resolution.
0: Yeah, we know he's had two lives. Maybe there's, you know, a third one, you know, out there.
1: Honestly, out there waiting to be discovered. Yeah, and you, you had mentioned that he had tried to hire someone to kill him before. That's what somebody
0: said. Okay, but. Like not yet. Yeah, like somebody told the police that. I think it was. It might have been in the video. I didn't want to want to name the names of the men that were being identified as being hired. That being hired by him mm-hmm. to kill him, uh, because they they did pass their lie detector tests. So, okay, you know there was nothing. There was nothing um, that furthered the investigation into those men. They were eliminated based on those those results. So, you know. Is this just another tall tale that he wove and told somebody else? Then,
1: sure, yeah, that's definitely a know. possibility. It's, it's or hard to know. Did somebody
0: help him? Somebody help him? You know, shoot himself. Like you know what I mean? Like if it was suicide, I think more often than not, those life insurance policies are void he, yes. on a suicide. A lot of the time,
1: yeah. So it right? it has been known to happen that people will hire other people to kill them so that their Uh family gets the insurance money uh so it's a possibility
0: uh, alex murdoch in south carolina holy cow that guy's a mess (laughs) so fascinating and disturbing yep but But, weirder things have happened so maybe yep no maybe he had help maybe he was like all right i'm gonna do this myself you're gonna take you know you take the gun so it doesn't look like I did. I, you know, I'm just speculating.
1: Obviously, right. Sure. Because we don't know. You know. So little info. I mean, we don't it, know. it always leads to speculation. But really, we just don't know.
0: That's all we have for this episode of the Houston Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to the family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement. If you have any tips, this episode was researched and recorded by me, Shannon. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. Theme music and production assistance by Darren Makins. Join us next time for another case to sleuth out.